Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show, guys. It is Monday, June 29th, 2020. Pride Month is almost over. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. My name is Scott Fullerton. I'm your host tonight, and I appreciate you tuning in. It's uh, Music Monday here. Every Monday on the Left of Straight Show, we've got some great music to talk about in a bit. This was the official Pride weekend, being it what it was, since everything is closed down. But yesterday was the 50th anniversary exactly of the first Pride march in New York City. And uh, then that was a year after, of course, the Stonewall riots took place. And that happened yesterday. There was a protest march yesterday in New York City combined with Black Lives Matter. 50,000 people came out. There was World Pride streaming over the weekend. There was our buddies at ABC TV Television in New York and L.A. did streaming Prides for those two cities. So there was rainbows and glitter all over the place this weekend. I hope you had a chance to partake in at least some of it. Today we have a great Music Monday show for you. As I said, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have our special correspondent, Jay Knight from Buffalo, New York. He has another amazing indie artist to spotlight in our Monday Musical Minute. Then I have two live interviews today, guys. We are going to talk in a little bit here to Nick Mitos. Nick is a triple M Threat, modeling, makeup, and music. He'll be calling in from LA in just a little bit, around 6.15. And then in our second hour tonight at 7 o'clock, coming back to the show for a second appearance, our buddy Hayden Joseph will be calling in from Nashville, Tennessee, to talk his new music tonight. So going to be a lot of fun and live tonight. We don't get to do a lot of all-live shows lately, so it's kind of fun for that. Um, starting in a minute, we're going to play the newest Randy Rainbow parody, which I absolutely love. You know, I'm a huge fan of Randy Rainbow. He put out a new one today called Cover Your Freaking Face, and guess who that is directed towards? So we're going to play that in just a minute before uh, Jay's Monday Musical Minute. I do want to get you updated on the big gay road trip that's supposed to leave this Sunday. It's right now a big game, maybe, because COVID's going crazy. People are not wearing their masks. There's things spiking all over the place. 
Yesterday, Los Angeles County, the governor of California, announced that Los Angeles County and seven others must close their bars again. He did an advisory to San Bernardino and Riverside County, and I'm not sure if Palm Springs is one of the two, but they are right next door if they're not part of that. So, uh, and plus Hunter's in Palm Springs, one of the gay bars in Palm Springs that I go to when I'm down there, they had two of their service staff uh, test positive for COVID. So they've closed that bar down for extensive cleaning for a couple of days. So it's becoming rampant again, guys. I talked last week how I was going to take the northern route there because I didn't want to go through Dallas or Arizona or anything, Texas or Arizona. But it's spiking everywhere because people are not wearing their masks. They're not social distancing. The president is not leading by example. And it's a mess out there. So I am not going to know until Thursday if I'm going to leave for Palm Springs for a month of shows on Sunday. I just don't want to put my guests at risk. I don't want to put myself at risk. You guys know I take care of my 81-year-old mother here at home in Northeast Ohio. I don't want to go take this huge trip, get infected, come back and infect her, even though I will probably be fine from it uh, if it did happen. But she, we cannot guarantee, being 81 years old with diabetes. So it's a big gay maybe on the big gay road trip. I will let you know each day as we get closer. I'm going to talk to the resort Wednesday night. I have friends on the ground in Palm Springs that are giving me daily updates. So it's just a big old maybe right now. I'm not sure what's going on. I will keep you apprised as we do it. But let's go ahead and get into the day here. I want to start off, as I said, a little cover with Randy Rainbow. This is, uh, if you don't know Randy, he does amazing parodies. He's a great actor, great singer, and he's been doing these parodies on the Trump administration for almost the entire time now, and I live for them. So this is his latest, came out today. It's called Cover Your Freaking Face. Follow Randy Rainbow on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media. Here we go. We'll be back on the other side. Again, we had the strongest economy in the world. Girl. Uh, Did you have one in the back here, please? Thank you. Mr. President, COVID cases continue to rise around the country. You said in your last stand-up special that you had asked your people to slow down testing in order to make the numbers look better, which, by the way, is f***ing brilliant. Uh, You're also not requiring people to wear masks at your rallies, which... Well, that doesn't matter. Nobody goes to those anyway. But don't you think you should be following CDC guidelines and leading by example? They're not mandatory guidelines. They're guidelines. They suggest you could wear them, don't have to wear them. Well, I took the liberty of stopping by the drugstore on my way over and picked up a few samples for you to try out. Let's see. You got your uh, standard three-layer disposable. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, Oh, this one's kind of fun and flirty, right? No? Um, let's see. They were all out of N95s, but the guy behind the counter said this was a very popular model. Huh? Most people can just make something out of a certain material. Uh, I won't be doing it personally. You're looking awful grouchy. Cover your freaking face. Listen to Dr. Fauci. Cover your freaking face. Don't wait around for herd immunity, you reckless thug. And what a golden opportunity to hide that mug. Although you should require us 
do what's right you do. You're siding with the virus, cause you're a virus too. So back up girl, don't get in my face and cover your freaking face. I don't see it for myself, I just don't. Or on your way to prom. Make it a whole ensemble. Tie up your face with a bandana, please. It's not taboo. Think of your poor old ailing nana. She's counting on you not to kill her. Please don't politicize it. Don't be a pot like pet. Don't scrutinize it. It's only common sense. Don't spread. Droplets all over the place. Ew. Cover your freaking face. You can do it. You don't have to do it. I'm choosing not to do it. Da da dum, da dum, dum, dance break. And in the same way, testing less would make COVID just quit. Maybe if we can't see your mouth, you won't say stupid shit. Huh? Don't thumb your nose at science. You'll find it doesn't work. Ooh, knock off that non-compliance. Don't be a selfish jerk. Just stop drooling and slow down the pace. Just cover your freaking face. Wearing a face mask, I don't see it for myself. Cover your freaking face. I'm choosing not to do it. Girl, just put a paper bag over that thing. There you go. Randy Rainbow. Come through as always. Be sure to check out, like I said, his YouTube channel, all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's go right into our Monday Musical Minute with Jay Knight from Buffalo. He's got a great indie artist tip and a new musical guest to feature. So, Jay, take it away, buddy. Hi, I'm Jay Knight, and welcome to the Monday Music Minute. Now, before we get to our featured artist, I want to talk to you about indie record labels and why, as an indie artist, you don't need them and shouldn't even bother with them. I've been signed to indie labels, and believe me when I tell you, there are countless out there, many of them filling extremely small niche genres. Some are run by honest people, and some not so much. A lot of these small indie labels try to sign up as many artists as possible on standard 50-50 deals and then collect the money while doing very little actual work on the artist's behalf. In other words... These are labels in name only. The vast majority of them cannot do anything for you that you couldn't do for yourself. You can distribute your own music, get yourself on playlists, promote yourself on social media, etc. Labels these days, even major labels, are really nothing but marketing slash branding companies, essentially. So why would you give some small label that few have ever heard of, that's probably run by someone in their spare time, half your earnings? when you could hire a real marketing or branding company who almost certainly will do a better job. Sure, you're paying up front that way, but it's better than giving up half the royalties from a hit song to some label that didn't do much for you in the first place, isn't it? Your best option is to just learn how to market yourself and keep all the money in your own pocket. Chance the Rapper did just that. It worked out pretty good for him. Now, I realize not everyone can pull that off. But you don't have to reach his heights to make a living off your music. Obviously, major labels and the few large indie labels left standing can do things for you that you cannot, 
and have connections you'll likely never be able to meet. That will be a choice you'll have to make. But in my opinion, the rest of the labels out there just aren't worth it. If you've got the money to hire professionals or the drive and creativity to successfully market yourself, do it and keep all your hard-earned money. Now, it's time to talk about our featured artist, Paige Keener. Paige is 21, from Nashville, and has been writing and performing since she was 15. Her debut album, Throne, landed her a consideration for a 2015 Grammy nomination. She's also worked and written with Nashville-based, Grammy-nominated songwriters. Paige's most recent releases are Hot Pop Beats, incorporating both organic and electronic elements, combined with extremely well-written vocal melodies, topped off with slick and smooth production values. On her website, she's quoted as saying, I wanted to make a pop project that people can relate to, but also include some out-of-the-box elements to make the sound more compelling. I think she's accomplished that. You can learn more about Paige and her music at pagekeener.com. That's K-E-I-N-E-R. Follow me on Twitter for updates on this podcast series and my Indie Spotlight video series, where I feature the hottest up-and-coming indie artists at the letter J underscore night and Y. Scott has Paige's song Sip all queued up and ready to go. So enjoy, and I'll see you next time.
There you go. Thank you, Jay Knight, buddy, for featuring that independent artist of the week. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break here and play a song from my next guest. And when I come back, we're going to be talking to the one and only Mr. Nick Mitos. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network.
go we are back friends Yay! that was my next guest nick Mitos was see me guys it's his first singles he sets out to conquer the triple crown of m's modeling makeup and now music y'all know those were my three <laughs> worst that. subjects in school but luckily i have a long time listener who reached out to me and said i have to check out this handsome boy's instagram and get him on the radio show I'm so glad I did. Just taking a quick look at some of his posts. He's followed by 138,000 friends and fans, and I saw what the fuss was all about through Instagram, websites, <laughs> YouTube, and more. His strong Mediterranean look keeps the people interested, but it's his honesty, playfulness, and just plain enthusiasm that keeps them following for more. He has another new single that recently dropped, and we're going to talk to him all about that, his career, and his journey as we welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Nick Meadows. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Amazing. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you on. I have to admit you were off my radar a bit, and a uh, longtime listener of the show said, check this boy out, and I'm glad I did. You are one talented dude, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. That's so cool of them. I, I appreciate that, whoever it was. Um and I'm glad I'm glad you saw me now. <laughs> I'm honored to be exactly. here. I haven't really done any podcasts yet, so. Well, I'm so you're popping my podcast, Jerry. Sure. There you go. With all that <laughs> talent, there's going to be many more popping to come. Have you been dealing with 2020 <laughs> so far? Are you doing good out there? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Well, definitely. I think everyone at first was like, "Yeah, 2020." Like so many exciting things, right? And then life kind of has thrown a lot at us, but I really am grateful that I was able to just kind of pick myself up out of that and kind of just, you know, keep my head above it and just kind of really think like, okay, what can I do with what I have, you know, and like without depending on places being open and whatever. So yeah, I started, I finally started my own clothing line, my jewelry line. I launched my website. I um, released that second song that, you know, we already had recorded in September. And then I was kind of like, ah, oh, do I release it? But at the same time, it's like, okay, just because we're we'll quarantined doesn't mean they don't listen to music. If anything, they're listening to it more. So um, I released exactly. that. And then now I'm working on my own makeup and skincare brand. So I honestly have always just been kind of the kind of person that just like, no matter what's going on, I figure a way around it and I keep myself busy. So I'm definitely really grateful for that, like quality of myself, you know? So, um, right. But girl, it's been, it's been rough, you know, but, um, I have been here for four years now, um, from Salt Lake City, Utah. And, um, so I've definitely, you know, over the last four years, I've really put in a lot of work to, build up to where I am now and so now I've been able to start my own brand and just really focus on that and um it's cool because you know when you're your own like boss and stuff you don't have to worry about like you know whatever being open you know because I just really live an online life so I'm very grateful for that um and I'm trying to be a part of um everything else I can't you know any way that I can help with anything else that's going on I'm trying to be as involved as possible and uh you know, it's a, I think it's definitely a nice opportunity for everyone to just kind of get more educated on things that are going on. And, uh, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing because we're all in it together and we're all going to make it out together. 
And um, but it's kind of crazy when you think about everything that's going on and we're living through it, right? Like exactly. I don't even I mean, know. No right or wrong way to live a pandemic and a social unrest upheaval and everything else all at once and a lot of it's been a long time coming so that's very cool um let's go back to your background a little bit you said like you said you grew up in utah what kind of a kid were you like back then oh my gosh um i don't know i guess you could say like well, I was always in like, you know, I didn't really love them so much, but I was always doing like different sports. You know, I did like football and basketball and baseball and soccer. And I played ice hockey for five years. Then I was also in like, you know, musicals and plays and stuff. So um, I wasn't like total like uh, theater geek, but like kind of. And I did like, you know, the theater, youth theater kind of camp. Um, but I, I guess was, I've always been like a, a bit of a mix. You know, like, I guess my, definitely androgynous is the perfect word for me because I feel like I do have a interesting combo of, like, masculine and feminine things. And I think that's kind of been similar to how I've been most of my life. You know, I have, uh, I do have three older, or I mean, three sisters and, like, an older cousin. And uh, my big sister and cousin would have definitely always dressed me up, you know. So there's pictures of me when I'm little <laughs> and I'm in heels and lipstick and glitter everywhere so I've always been around like the arts and stuff so I think I've always been a very just fun outgoing I definitely was very way more shy like all just like growing up um and then something kind of just happened and it changed and then um yeah I think I've always just a good honest friend to have I definitely have no problem like telling people things how they are but I think like you were saying that's why a lot of people have um continued to and you know because uh, enjoy following me because they know that I, um, amongst all the other non-real, I guess, quote unquote, influencers right. out here, you know, I do, I always, I always keep it real no matter what any brand is offering to pay me, whatever. People always know that I will tell them the truth about um, a product and um, about anything. I mean, but especially during the That's whole awesome. pandemic moment, it's been really amazing connecting with people online. I've been going live uh, multiple times a day on my Facebook page and just just being there for each other, you know, and just whether I'm singing, dancing, playing with makeup, even just putting glitter on, like we can just uplift each other through art. And so I'm grateful that I've been given these abilities to express myself through art. And, you know, it's so powerful um, what it can do for people. And no matter what, um, you know, all the different things who are going through, they can find healing through just me sharing um, my different art forms. So it's really cool. (laughs) Fantastic. I love that. And we're coming out of Pride Month now. Talk about, I would like to find out, when did you first come out to yourself and when did you kind of first find your LGBTQ tribe? Um, so, myself, it's kind of weird. It's all kind of a blur. Um, <laughs> but I would say <laughs> I definitely have very, like, supportive parents and family, so I think that really helped so I feel like I didn't really ever have to have like a certain like coming out moment but I kind of did I do remember just kind of going up to my mom when she was washing the dishes and just being like so terrified of what I was going to say and I was obviously (laughs) building it up like it was some awful thing and then once I said it she was just like oh my gosh I thought you like did something terrible or something she's like love you matter what and my dad was sweet so cool like even cooler about it and um so I think but I'm definitely the kind of person that whenever I do something I go like balls deep you know what I mean so like I 
suddenly, you know, once I'm out, I'm suddenly, like, I suddenly have different drag queen friends coming over. I'm, like, getting into my mom's closet and her jewelry and her clothing. Oh and so I think it was <laughs> a little overwhelming for my family and my sisters and stuff, you know, and I would be um, just, you know, makeup just suddenly was so just, like, fascinating to me, and I kind of was just playing with it, and, you know, I kind of dabbled in it, like, like I was saying, all growing up, and then in theater, and then I went to college for opera and stuff, so then I was doing my makeup for my own shows there, and everyone's just like, wow, it looks so good, so I kind of was just playing with it, and then um, next thing you know, yeah, I'm, like, doing drag and stuff, and it's kind of just, it kind of just, I think it went so fast, so um, I would, like, you know, just be playing with makeup, and I'd come up for dinner, and sisters and family would just kind of be like oh like you know whatever kind of thing I had on my face was going on so I just well, kind of Nick felt like I was like I just had to get out or... of here right you that. never know and I would just sit for hours and just practice like liner and just sit on YouTube forever and I don't know I think when you're passionate enough about something you just do it so that was kind of I guess I guess I didn't really ever have to and most of the girls that I you know, I was dating girls till like my freshman year in college so most of the girls I dated they kind of like you know, had an idea that I was gay. So that's why I feel like I didn't really ever have to have like, this huge, like, I'm gay moment because it's kind of like, not that I'm like, I, I just think that most people just kind of knew. And so I think that I, I pretty quickly was really comfortable with just who I am. And I think if you, I realize that not everyone can do it because I get asked every day, like, how are you so confident? How do you do this? And it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a weird, I definitely am grateful that I am able to be because if you can, just be okay with who you are. Like, it's crazy, like, the amount that, of, of shit that I can get you through. You know what I mean? Um, mm. But I guess it's it's really not anything that you can teach. You kind of just have to do it. But oh, I just hope that every day, whatever, you know, through I'm, what I'm doing, um, it, I'm able to show people that they are beautiful no matter what. And um, exactly. like, whoever they are is okay, you know, so... Well, I love that, too, and I like it. Tell me, I want you to tell me what makeup has meant to you and your self-confidence, and then you've done makeup for hundreds of other people. Talk about a story, maybe what it means to others to kind of bring something out of them they might not see. Well, you know, it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, especially, like, the um, I've done, like, three or four, like, weddings as well, and I want to highlight that, especially when you ask that question, because... It's like, wow, you are trusting me with your face for one of your most important days of your life, you know? And right. if I can have the ability to give you the confidence to be your most authentic, beautiful self, then, like, God, that is that is something that really, really drew me into makeup is, wow, I've been born with the ability to give someone that feeling that they are worth it and that they are amazing, whether it's, like, you know, they have an interview or, like, a performance or a I don't know makeup is just so powerful and I and I I find the beauty in the most natural non-makeup makeup looks and to full glam drag looks or I'm just throwing glitter all over you or whatever um <laughs> so I think that like I think that is something that is inspiring to me and obviously it helps them too so it's really like a full circle um right. and I feel like I'm kind of I kind of getting shocked from the Trying to, I'm trying to circle back to the question, but now I forgot, like, the first part of it. Um, oh, that's okay. It was just, like, what it meant to you and what it means to others. So, yeah, you kind of talked about all of it. I appreciate that. No, very, very cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, great. Tell me about how makeup has changed since you've been doing it. Are you seeing 
more lines. Is there differences in a male's face and a woman's face of things you need to look for? Are people, are cosmetic companies starting to market to that yet? Or what are you finding as far as product-wise? Has it evolved at all? Yeah, I mean, um, a bit. There's a lot of the same stuff out there. Um, I haven't seen, like, too many huge, like, moments. But maybe that's just because we're waiting for my brand, right? <laughs> exactly, um, right. But but definitely, I mean, there has been a few brands. I can think of, like, one or two that I've heard of that are, like, for men. And it was, at first, I was ex- excited about it. Um, and then I did get a few messages and stuff. But, you know, people will just, and it's and it's true, and I agree. Um, they were kind of like, oh, I don't really like that because, you know, it's really for everyone. And that's what I'm always trying to say, too. So, um, you know, and I mean, I don't know if, you or anybody listening knew, but I mean, men were wearing makeup before women in like Egyptian and Grecian times. So right. whenever I get people being like, oh, like, what are you trying to do? Be a woman? It's like, actually, do you even know your history, girl? Because <laughs> this is, you know, everyone, I don't know. It, but it definitely, I, I so I, I'm honored to be a part of the movement, the global movement of the idea that makeup really is for everyone. And, um, Right. You can any anybody can can express themselves with it. So, um, yeah, that's there how I feel go. about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I need help with these eyes. I'm getting older. I need help with yeah. these eyes. Help me out, Nick. I'm telling you, God. Um, now you have flawless looking skin though. Out of makeup, what do you what do you use for a regimen just to keep it? I don't do makeup, so what do you need to do to keep um, your skin staying kind of that healthy in and out of makeup? Yeah, so I've definitely, like, you know, I've become very, very, I have to, with what I do, I have to be really into skincare as well, because you got to, if you want your makeup to look flawless, you got to be flawless. You got to take care of your skin. Um, definitely just keeping everything hydrated is, like, first and foremost, um, and beyond anything, making sure you're drinking lots of water every day. I mean, it's kind of, it's not the easiest thing to do to drink water, but um, if you're listening right now, do it, because just because you know that you need to, you know what I mean? Like, so try to drink a gallon a day. It's not the most comfortable thing, but just chug it and you will see a difference. Also, I I pretty much ice my face after, um, every time after, um, I wash it, whether it's in the shower or in the sink. Um, and, uh, but definitely there's a few, I don't know if you're, are you wanting me to like tell you actually certain products that I, like to use? No, or, I mean, you can. Um, I just want to know in general. No, yeah. Just in general, um, yeah, just keeping yourself hydrated and just really finding, you know, what works best for you because um, everybody's skin is different. Everybody's skin is completely different. So you really have to find, like, what works best for you. Um, but definitely I'm always suggesting um, amazing products in my videos every day, and um, I'm making, like, a whole – section on my website with like um cl- clickable like images of my uh um like my favorite products but um I pretty much right. have streamlined it to like a few favorite things um and definitely I, I always say like face washes and stuff are just kind of like prescriptions where like you know your body gets used to the same shit so uh, I have like 12 or 15 different face washes that I like just rotate through and I have different facial scrubs. I have different like cleansing things. I have different like these. 
um, different toners. I think really just finding what works best for you. Um, um, and so um, just finding what works best for you, really. Um, but also not doing no, too like much that. for your yeah, I also just don't want to do too much for your uh, uh, your skin. You just want to let it breathe. But definitely making sure that all of the, like, when I, when I remove my makeup, you know, I take, like, a wipe. Then I take, like, a, a, a melting thing. Definitely the fresh uh, soy face cleanser is amazing for that. And you can rub on your eyes and it doesn't um, irritate it. And also, but then you want to, and then I do some sort of, like, exfoliator, some sort of, like, face polish thing. And then uh, when you get out, then you take a cotton round with, like, whatever toner you like, because then you can make, because there still might be makeup on your face. So basically, until mm. your cotton round is clean, then you know that your face is actually clean. Nice. Good tips. I like that. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let's kind of switch into clothing. Clothing makes the man, they say. What is your style? Um, what What kind of aesthetic do you have? Um, you, you've modeled a lot, um, always looking good. Those things. What is your personal style, though? What do you feel most comfortable in? My personal style, um, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. I love getting, like, dressed for events and photo shoots and stuff because, I don't know, you think that I would be good at it, but I feel like I never really know. But definitely <laughs> I wear, like, I definitely wear, like, all black everything. I, like, wear, like, I'll do skinny jeans and I'll just do, like, tank tops and um, or just, like, nothing. You know, I'm, I am European, so I was just, like, running around in my Speedo <laughs> and all my friends know that. <laughs> And they love I it. Like it. Uh, there you go. And um, that flawless Mediterranean skin we were talking about, gorgeous. That's that's right. <laughs> and so I don't know. I love I love everything. I've been obsessed with purple right now. My nails are purple. My hair is purple. My everything is purple. Uh, so I'm living the purple fantasy at the moment. But I really, honestly, just really enjoy and appreciate incredible fashion too i love um yeah anything blacks golds purples all the royal colors you know um but i don't really know i'm also just not really sure how to explain it verbally <laughs> but i'm trying <laughs> no i understand now you you're going to be designing clothes too though do you have an aesthetic of what you're looking for what you want to design what you have a comfort in yeah so right now I just, you know, we started with some t-shirts. I, I made a t-shirt for my first song that has my, you know, album cover on it. And then, um, and I, I, but I wanted to, I wanted to quick, quickly move from like just t-shirts, you know, I um, mm-hmm. just, oh yeah. When you, you saw the other day, I just released my own rolling papers the other day. I have um, glassware, you know, mugs, wine glasses, beer glasses, beer mugs, shot glasses, and then, so I love just making things that people actually can use and make, but, and then I also, I made a bunch of different face masks I have, and then, uh, but I'm, I want to do, like, you know, cute crop tops, crop hoodies, crop tank hoodies, of course, like, really cute, sexy tank tops, and just the kind of more I do it, the more it grows, the more budget I have to work with, I can make, you know, because that's when you can make a little more, uh, like, more vintage more like, you know, maybe this is distressed, like, because each, well, each kind of, each thing you want to do beyond just a typical t-shirt that requires another fee, another fee, another fee. You know what I mean? So the more technical and um, complex I want to get with, which obviously I want to, it just takes more money. So just the, it'll just with time just grow and I can have more high end pricing versus low end. 
and just things that are just, you know, just even better, next level quality material. I'm making these um, beach towels that are like velour with like the um, terracloth or whatever it's called on the other side, like the towel material. So those oh, kinds of things, I'm making my own glasses. Yeah, and um, and of course, you know, all the, the gays love the crop chops, so I'm making all that. <laughs> and <laughs> um, booty shorts, like I love just, oh yeah, we're doing like, I have a cute hoodie and we're doing different sweats. I love, I'm wearing them right now, uh, sweat shorts. Um, so I love like sweat shorts. I love like, I love just cozy, chic, like simple yet sexy, you know, and then they can focus on like, the glam or on your personality or on whatever else but um yeah and my whole jewelry line is very like kind of rugged you know it's all made out of broken vinyl records all the earrings and necklaces and stuff that I make so those are very like sharp edges they're like yeah edgy kind of um I guess it kind of brings out the punk rockish side I have like black lipstick on and like glitter on it right now Mm um and uh so I guess I do kind of have that punky side. So definitely, um, I guess that comes out in like my looks and what I wear and the things that I'm um, designing. But I fully have been creating everything with my followers online. Like, you know, we talk about things that they would love and things that they use and things that maybe they don't see. You know, I love also like t- tall tees, tall hoodies, like, you know, like wearing like a hoodie as like a dress almost like with like with like sneakers. Oh, like, right. Yeah. I love I love that kind of style super cute nice very very cool yeah. i like all of that and your jewelry is really cool too i like the, the the shapes and everything it's kind of very kind of playful and modern i like it i like it a lot very right nice. yeah i've never i'm honestly really proud of it because i've never seen another jewelry line made out of vinyl records and i just love that like you know especially as a musician or anybody that appreciates music there's the energy of the music is in, inside that jewelry. And I just think it's so unique and I'm honestly very proud of it. <laughs> you should be. I love it. Well, let's get into the Thanks. music. Like you said, you started out with music as a, uh, what you were going to, was that something you were always planning on doing? Was it more of a hobby back then? Um, and how did opera come about? Yeah. So, okay. So definitely music has always been like in me, you know, the, pictures of me with a microphone when I'm like tiny running around I've always been very like uh connected to my diaphragm I would say um so like I remember my you know the last uh, bit of my one of my grandfather's life he always would have me talk to him because he couldn't hear anybody else so I've always just been very like you know I guess loud um but I didn't think that that would lead to me doing opera but uh, yeah, basically, I kind of just did some different lessons here and there, uh, different places, like voice lessons and whatnot, and I kind of started, you know, one place I, for the first time, had gotten up and sang in front of a bit of an audience, and I remember my mom was just bawling because I wasn't so nervous, um, and then uh, a few other places I went to, and then I went to School of Rock, this place in Salt Lake for five years, and, oh, nice. you know, just kind of learned a bit of you know, I play the electric guitar and just kind of, we did all sorts of shows like Led Zeppelin and ACDC and Ramones and Rolling Stones and all that. So I got a lot of knowledge of that. And then, um, I don't know. And then, like I said, I was always, I did a bunch, bunch of uh, musicals and plays. And then I, you know, I had, you know, I would get the lead in different musicals and plays in high school. And then, um, 
it kind of just, yeah, kept going. And then obviously people were just like, dang, you're like really good, you know? And <laughs> I like could feel, feel like I could sing too. And I really enjoyed it and the dancing and the acting and stuff all together. And then, um, I don't know, I think just somebody had told me about this scholarship audition at Westminster, which is a college I went to, and uh, for their music pro- program. And it's, like, really amazing. Like, their uh, their music program is the highest funded program on the campus. And they just, like, they have a whole, I don't know. So, so I just, uh, I went and auditioned. And before I even walked off the stage, they told me I was in. And, wow. um and then I, so I kind of just fell into it. And then, yeah, next thing you know, I'm getting classical voice training. And uh, I had a lead in Don Giovanni my freshman year. It was an all-Italian opera. And the, the Italian language, just like Spanish and stuff, just it just falls right off my tongue. And they're like, wow, have you done Italian before? And I was like, no, never. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what, what it is. But my grandpa was a linguist, so I don't. maybe he gave it to me and – uh but definitely when I'm in like a Spanish speaking country or somebody somewhere people would think I'm from there you know so so that was really cool and then um but then I was like you know I was there for a minute I was there for like you know two and a half years or so and then I was just like gosh this is great and you know I was in the timber singers which is the choir and then you know I was in the um, acapella group which goes off of that and then the opera program opera studio um, and we toured the UK with the choir too. That was amazing. And, uh, but I was like, you know what? I just, I don't want to know this much about music. It became, I feel like it was starting to take away my passion for it. You know, because as a music major, um, you're going up to music true. theory, music theory level four and oral skills level four. And it's like, whew, and I love music, don't get me wrong, but music theory and oral skills, like I spelled, I failed oral skills like three times. Music theory, I just hate, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, I hated that. So anything like, that wasn't just like performing. I hate it. I know that sounds stupid, but I was like, I just felt so, I don't know. And really makeup kind of started to take off. People started hiring, hiring me to do it. And I was just getting busy with like photo shoots. I was getting into modeling and I was like, God, I just am ready to just live. I don't know. I've never felt a stronger feeling in my life than I had then. I just had this crazy feeling that I had to be in LA. I don't know what it was. I've never even been here. Um, and I was just like, I just need to go. And you know what, if it sucks, I'll come back home. They can hold my scholarships for like three years and it's only like an eight or nine hour drive back home. So I was like, what do I have to lose? You know what I mean? And, uh, and my, uh, not only my parents, my parents are very like, you know, just like most, it's like, you know, you go to college and that's what you do. Um, but they could see that I was different, you know, and if I didn't have their support, my life would have been a lot more difficult, (laughs) but they were so just like, yeah, like you, we definitely know that you're talented as hell and you like, they believe in me, you know, but you know, my mom, my mom, I lived in LA when she was younger for gemology school and she hates LA. It's so not her, but it's not, it's not for everyone. That's for sure. And I just had a feeling, I don't know. Oh, that's so I was like, you know what? If it sucks. I'll come back home. But four years later and <laughs> never went back. So I was going to say, lucky for us, you suck it out. That's awesome. Well, let's right? talk about these newest four. Is your first single that we played earlier, See Me, came out last year. The video is freaking remarkable. You uh, make you. a damn good drag queen, my friend. Talk about the concept <laughs> well, behind you. it and the words. Do you write your own music as well as sing it, or was that written for you? work with the songwriter, but we really, you know, we, we do them together. We sit down, me, him, and the producer, but definitely I'm not like able to really put my thoughts 
into a song yet because it's so new to me. Um, but I know that I'll just get better at it as I go, which, you know, it's the same case with most people. Um, so basically I just, yeah, I was doing one of my clients makeup on set and his, uh, writer was on set with us and we just kind of, you know, we're all having fun and like, you know, clicked. And then I just like hit him up on Instagram afterwards. I was like, Hey, like, I have no idea what it, what all costs or what's all involved. I just, all I know is that I need to do music and I just don't even know where to start. And he was just like, Hey, like, yeah, I would love to help. Like, can you send me some, you know, voice clips of you singing? And then I sent some and he's like, okay, thank God. Like you can actually sing like, cool. <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, hit him up and I'm like, yeah, cool. Good. Thank you. And then, um, over the next like six months, we had just kind of talked on and off about like when to get together to write something. And over that six months, he was just able to really like follow me and like see how I interact with my fans and just how I live my life. Just very, just, you know, just everything in the song is about just seeing people for who they really are and not, you know, judging about appearances. And I'm just very, an all loving, very much an all loving person. And he wanted to just embrace who I am through a song. And so um, he came up with that idea. And um, so we got together and he really just pulled it right out of my heart, you know, it was the most crazy thing. And so, but I was, of course, there to be like, oh, let's, you know, maybe say this instead of that or do that. So, so yeah, I definitely can't take credit in writing them, but I will tell you that he pulled them right out of me. And, um, and so same with Don't Want It, you know, he was able to see the, like, and, you know, he's dealt with that too. And so has everyone, but he's like, yeah, just the different, like, fake people that I've, you know, <laughs> I kind of maybe post about like a certain guy or this that happens where they like you know, were just kind of with me because they wanted me to do their makeup or wanted me to tag them on my story or whatever. You know, it's hard when you do have, you know, when you do have fans and stuff and, you know, people are out here trying to get all famous and so they're trying to climb you. And so I have to be really careful and I'm a very trusting person. I have to be very careful with who I trust and stuff. So the whole idea of just like, I don't want it. I don't want any of that shit, any of the negativity, any of the, you know, um, abusive people you know no racism I don't want corona I don't want I don't know, I like I feel like don't want it just kind of it can really be used for anything that you just don't want and that we're finally it's time to finally just and this idea was before all this happened um but I thought it was perfect for 2020 because it's kind of like okay like we and we should have been done a while ago but we are done living for other people and I finally just want to really focus on myself and that's how I think everyone should do so i just think that um i hope the song just gives you guys just like the you know power to feel like just ready to live for yourself and nobody else you know there you go that's so well said well what about Thank um, you. your aspirations any collabs that you, you would really like to do i mean who who do you see yourself uh, on stage with someday when you when you look into the future Ooh. oh my gosh I don't even know. I like, I love, so I definitely see myself kind of uh, going in a, well, I, I just, I can do so many different kind of directions with music too. That's also why I kind of took a second to kind of get started. Cause I was like, God, I can do country. I can do opera. I can do like, uh, you know, more like, uh, yeah, like poppy, I guess more. Right. And so that's Guys why I've kind of been like, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, so I really, I guess I kind of see myself being, like, the next, like, 
like gay glam version of like Sinatra, Buble, and Elvis. <laughs> um, oh, I love so that. So I guess just yeah. You know what I mean? And so kind of you know I used to sing with the jazz band too. So I I, I see myself singing with like huge symphon- symphonies and orchestras and choirs. Um, I love that this whole vibe and um, uh, I don't know. I, I love Ariana Grande. I love um, yeah. I think it would be dope to sing with Buble if he's still doing things um and any kind of just cool classical artists i love i think i also see myself collaborating with like dope djs um and doing some fun like electronic remixes just kind of trancy stuff i'm in love with above and beyond i oh my god if i did something with above and beyond i would just be above and beyond (laughs) i like it coming Um, at the hollywood gold next summer here we go right i like it yeah i'm ready I'm ready. I love Troy Sivan <laughs> as well. I love, yeah, I love a lot. So I'm kind of all over the place with my interests, I feel like. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Nick, we have to have you back on soon, or if we get out to Palm Springs, have you at Palm Springs. You've been absolutely great getting yeah. to know. Thanks for coming on the Left of Straight show, my friend. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, let all my listeners know if they've been hiding under a rock where they can find you on social media and on YouTube and uh, follow your great uh, website as well. Yeah, so honestly, if you just go to Google and you type in my name, Nick Maltos, um, N-I-C-K-M as a Mary, E-T-O-S, just think about the Mentos candy, no N. You can type, you can just find it anywhere, but um, my Instagram is, there's a dot in it, but if you just put Nick Maltos, you'll find it. And then my website is just nickmaltos.com, TikToks, Nick Metos. Honestly, just type in my name and you'll find all my things everywhere. And uh, the Facebook page, if you guys do care about seeing me every single day, um, my Facebook page <laughs> is just Nick Metos Makeup, or you can put the at symbol Nick Metos MUA. So, yeah, I'm on there every day just singing, playing with makeup. And I also offer one on one makeup sessions and I do group classes every Friday as well on Zoom. So, uh, yeah, hit me up and uh, follow along on the journey. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I have a lot to share, and um, I'm excited to have such an amazing family, just like um, a long journey with me. Well, I really, as a family, we, we, we call ourselves you. the Nick Nation. <laughs> That's the hashtag we came up there with, you hashtag go. Nick Nation. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me call yeah. you the wrong last name the whole time. I've been doing the hard E instead of the Meto. Sorry about that. That's horrible. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. more like an <laughs> open a, open O, I guess you would say, if anyone knows that go. kind of language. <laughs> you're fine. Everyone says it differently. So, um, yeah, well, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time checking out a lot of your videos. Of course, your music is amazing. We'll be playing it in between guests for here on out because I love Every bit of it, guys. We're going to play out with Don't Want It. Be sure to check out, like I said, the website. Pick up some of the great merchandise. The jewelry is amazing. Nick, stay on the line for me. We're going to play out right now to Don't Want It. When I come back, I will introduce the next song from our next guest, Mr. Hayden Joseph. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. You don't got that energy that I like. That I like You're not who you wanna be At the night Yeah, tonight You've been acting like 
Since I got this next singer and songwriter back on the show, the last time we chatted, he was here to talk about his single "Different," and then he was California bound on adventure with his job and bringing a different scene to his fantastic music. Well, it's time to concentrate on that music again, as he has recently, like four days ago, brought himself to Nashville, Tennessee, to put those singing and songwriting skills to work. I'm so excited to catch up with him, and hopefully, he may even. Have a couch to talk on the next day or so. We'll find out. Let's check in with the very handsome and talented Mr. Hayden Joseph. Hayden, how you doing, buddy? I'm well, Scott. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm glad you had a chance to sit down and talk here. I know you've been moving and getting things crazy, and we have months of unrest here in the country. How are you holding up, my friend? You doing good? I am doing well, um, you know, given the circumstances. It's been a, a very, very busy week, but I'm very fortunate, all things considered. So, Well, I'm excited for you to get 
to Nashville and bring this fantastic talent of yours there. Uh, talk about how the how California was to you. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Last time we talked to you on your way there, I told you not to expect a lot of sunshine in the time you were going. What did you think of beautiful Northern <laughs> Cal? Um, so Northern California, yeah, you're absolutely right, is very, very different from anything I ever had experienced on the East Coast. Um, it was a little bit of a perfect summer of events, I guess, moving out there. So I moved out there for a job, obviously, and several shakeups with the company itself. And then obviously COVID hit about you know, eight months into me living there. And so everyone went remote. So I didn't actually live in Northern California. I feel like I feel like I was a very spotty tenure there and then started working remote. <laughs> and honestly, just it never really felt like home, um, whether that was because I never really gave it the chance to or the world never really gave it the chance to. Uh, I'm not certain, but uh, I... I would say I'm a huge fan of Northern California. That being said, it is something that some people love. So I do think that's kind of like a chocolate and vanilla situation of just like East versus West Coast. Uh, they're very much as a difference. Right. <laughs> what would you find it mu- musically like at all? I mean, when you had a chance to get out a little bit, did you like the vibe music-wise? Because I know it's a very strange place to live, being from California myself. But what do you think musically? Musically, I thought it was interesting. So what I found in San Francisco was there's a lot of like there's a lot of like club dancing, and then there's also like uh, a lot of live jazz music establishments. There's very few places where you can just play like live acoustic sets of original stuff. Um, I did find a couple of venues that I really liked that I played a couple shows at, um, and had a bunch more planned. Unfortunately, like through the beginning of this year, they got canceled because of COVID. Um, so I, I did find it. There were some places that were. Uh, good to do that. However, it was obviously nowhere near what New York was. New York is just crawling with live music venues of aspiring artists. And obviously where I am now in Nashville, I mean, <laughs> I could throw my keys out my door and they would land on somebody singing. So, uh, <laughs> Right. I love it. That's great. Well, I'm so excited, like I said, to have you back there. Talk about creatively for you. You've had, you've been releasing new music and we have more to release here. How has it been creatively for you? I mean, you're always, I'm sure, writing songs, but did you get extra inspired by anything, or what's been your kind of vibe with your writing lately? Um, I would say that, so I'm still, I still do have a day job, but where moving remote has really opened the door for me to just do a lot more. I mean, I guess I realized that every minute of spare capacity I had when I wasn't working remotely, I was still in an office and needed to appear like I was doing something. Now that I'm working remotely, <laughs> when I'm out of work, no one is there to tell me that I can't write music and that I can't do other things. And so I have had just a lot more time during the day to get, you know, tie up loose ends and get things done. So I would say that I've been able to write more music. Um, that being said, I think I was pretty good about finding the time and sectioning off parts of my day before to make sure it happens. Um, but in that regard, it's been, it's been really nice. I, I have very much been, I purposely haven't tried to like get on the protests or not the protests, the um, quarantine song um, trend. I know there were a lot of artists putting out quarantine songs. Uh, I ultimately decided right. that I didn't think I could write. I didn't think I could get, you know, I, I didn't feel like I could do what Luke Combs did and put out, you know, what's probably going to be a number one hit about quarantine. I felt like mine would come off as a little bit cheesy. And so I purposely, did not do uh, a quarantine song uh, that was inspired by <laughs> Right. Gotcha. And do you feel you've kind of, what, what direction do you feel you're kind of reaching out? I mean, your first couple of songs, we had you on last time 
Different was just coming out. I mean, you had Out, you had Thrill of the Chase, kind of very much LGBT-centric, kind of getting to know yourself. Now that you kind of know your kind of direction, do you feel yourself drawn in a different way to songwriting? What's kind of inspiring you these days? So I guess the one thing I'm most excited about moving to Nashville for is almost all the songs I've put out so far have been written by myself. So I, I have been the sole person to write them, and they've been all from my perspective. And I haven't necessarily had people push me in other directions or explore other areas mm-hmm. that I'm willing to go. Uh, one thing about moving to Nashville, I'm excited about getting the opportunity to network and meet people and start co-writing, because naturally that will lead to writing things that I would have never pushed myself to write or going new places with the music. Um, I definitely think that I've, at least just from the songs I'm writing now, they are, I think there's a new sense of maturity and purpose behind them, just because the the interesting thing about the songs I've put out so far and what will end up being my first record when it kind of wraps up in the fall, I've been doing it single by single, but I'm going to package it into an album, is that since this is the first time I've ever put out music publicly, these songs are like almost like a collection of my entire young adult life. And so you have things that were written, you know, when I was in high school that I've refined a little bit all the way up until like when I was 24 and talked to you about a year and a half ago. Um, so that's almost like a, a paint a picture of my entire life from a child to like a very young adult. Um, and once that's mm. packaged and done, I think the songs will move more towards like you're writing about two or three years of your life instead of trying to package changing views and experiences for songs that you've written for the last decade. Um, so I think that's right. something really interesting about when I do package all of this, you'll have songs about from when I was a kid, when I was in high school and college, uh, like when you just played, that was, that was about an experience I had in college. Um, and like kind of end on, um, I, you know, I, I, you played out last time I was on your show, but that was when it was just an acoustic demo I'd done on my computer in my bedroom. Uh, I have a studio version of that that will probably come out, I think maybe on either on National Coming Out Day this year, or I might wait until next Pride. Um, that will kind of be this one song at the end of this first album. Uh, you started with Different, which is about, you'll play it in a second, which is about me as a kid, like growing up, wishing I could go back and talk to that person about like being scared, those kinds of things, to ending on a song that is very much just about being proud of who you are and accepting it. I love that. Very, very cool. And yeah, you said 19 and Crying was, was a high school experience or college. Would you say that? Give us a breakdown of where that song came about. Yeah, so that, that's a college experience. Um, but obviously, as the song states, it was 19 when all of that happened. It's I kind of veiled all of this in the song. So the song is meant to just be like about a breakup that kind of shaped you. But that was honestly my first uh, LGBT um, relationship. So my first experience um, coming to terms with that part of myself, as well as my first time really ever falling in love with somebody. And so it was a lot of like packaged emotions in that relationship that when it ended, it was even more, you know, toxic and heartbreaking than just like losing your first love, because it was the first time I'd ever confronted a section of my, or a part of myself that at the time I was ashamed of. Um, and so it kind of all came crashing down at once. And it's a, just a period of my life where when I think back on it, I, it's not even with bitterness to the other person. It's not even with like, it's more of just like, I hurt for myself of knowing like where I was in that place in my life. And so like every time I see the person in question or in the night that the song is about, it's, I'm like taken back to like how shattered I was at that point in my life for so many different reasons. And it's just that person is the, the reminder of all of that every time I see them. And I think that will probably be the case until when I'm 50. I think when I run into that person, when I'm 50, the part of me that's still 19 and crying will like come back out for a second and I'll have to spend the next, you know, day (laughs) um, (laughs) not recovering, not recovering. That's dramatic, but like, but just like realizing like you've, 
that's, you know, that, that's a little piece of you that will always be there, but you've come so far since then. So. Yeah, that's a powerful story. You're right, though. I agree 100%. And talk about how Pride has kind of meant to you. We're wrapping up Pride Month here now. Um, what has that experience meant to you now that you're coming into your own and everything? What does Pride mean to you? And it's been such a weird year where we can't really celebrate together, <laughs> maybe virtually is all. How, what, what's this year been like for you that way? Yeah, so obviously this pride, um, well, pride in itself, I guess, much more broadly is something that's very much shifted for me as I've grown up. I mean, I grew up in uh, a relatively conservative family in South Carolina, and so, like, my views on all of those things have changed so dramatically as I've grown and started to have my own independent thoughts and really just learn to accept who I was and be, it's, it's really rapidly, honestly, in the last five or six years since I wrote that song or about 19, being 19 and crying to now, like I think so differently about the world and so differently about what it means to be gay. Um, it's one of those things where like something that used to bring me so much heartache and, you know, for lack of a better word, shame, which I, I hate that I ever felt that way. Um, but now I'm so proud of it and so happy about it and like have just learned to embrace it. And I think that that's what pride, pride has become such a special month for me and for so many others in the LGBT community uh, for that reason, like it's, it's our month. It's, it's one of the few moments throughout the year where you're like guaranteed usually in a normal year, like just joy. I can't, I can't describe the experience that somebody in the LGBTQ community feels during pride month, especially during pride celebrations. Um, and so I think right. it was obviously difficult for a lot of people this year, knowing that was going to be a little bit different. I do think watching what's happened over the last week or so, you know, given um, you know, the protests and the black lives matter movement and those things all, I think it, watching the LGBT community come in and embrace that cause has been really inspiring. Um, knowing, you know, this is a community that knows what it feels like to be oppressed. Like it's, it, we're very used to it and it's not, we understand that it's time this year, you know, for so many reasons, COVID being one of them, but for other causes that deserve a spot in the limelight, it's, you know, this is a time to stand hand in hand with them and give them our mic, I guess, for this pride month as much as we can. And this weekend, I think you really saw a lot of that. Exactly. And, and I kind of like it. I mean, I've been talking about it for the five years that I've been doing the radio show that pride needs to be a little bit more about history. Um, our history, we are founded on by uh, black trans people, people of color, um, strong people. So it's great to see the communities go together. I kind of like the festival, the pride being about a march and knowing where we're at as opposed to having the Nike and the Budweiser booth next to the, to the main stage, you know? So it's kind of, kind of nice to see that. I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying there. Well, I want to take a kind of a mid break and, and talk about you'll come around because this is a song. Interesting. You wrote this one. I think you said back in eighth grade, I read talk about this song and what it meant to you. And we'll play that and let our listeners listen to it and talk about it more on the other side as well. But what did, where did this song first come to you back then? Yeah, so they, they actually, like, I read, like, I've read a couple different psychologists quote this, and they're, apparently you have three great loves in your life. The first is, like, uh, your first introduction to being in love with someone where, like, honestly, just like a childhood crush, and you tell yourself later on in life that it wasn't really love, but it was at the time. That's all you knew. And then you have a second love that tends to pivotally shape you in a different way that's a little bit more traumatic, which is honestly the song you just heard. Um, and then the third is the one that hopefully sticks. I haven't gotten to that one yet, but 
That being said, <laughs> when I was younger, um, my best friend, like in middle school growing up, was absolutely in love with this person. Um, and it was like the most innocent love of just like, I thought this person could do no wrong. It was just, it was just like this innocent childhood crush. And I, the first song I ever wrote was in the end of eighth grade. I wrote this song and it was just like, so I'll never be able to write a song that's like this. I don't think it's cheesy. Like I still think it, it holds up when I looked at it against all the other songs I'd written, but it is, comes from a place of pure innocence that I could never write now because unfortunately I have a much more cynical view of the world and the way relationships work um, as a 26 year old than I did when I was 14. <laughs> Um, that being right. said, I did take some of the lyrics and some of the parts and try to like 2019 it a little bit. Uh, but 90% <laughs> of the lyrics, 90% of the lyrics are the exact same as they were when I wrote them in middle school. So, well, I loved it. We're going to do a sneak peek here for the, let the listeners listen to it. And we'll talk about it a little more on the other side. So this is, you'll come around by Hayden Joseph. Hayden, I'll be back on the other side. We'll be right back. So many stories to share Been easy to fall in love with you But somehow you're still unaware I don't know why I try to hide these feelings from you True, as time goes by, I find nobody knows you like I do
time getting those statics at the end of each song. That's something I did wrong. Sorry, guys. All right, we are back. That is Hayden Joseph, my guest today with You'll Come Around. I don't know what you did to 219-ify it, but it's a beautiful song. I don't know. I can't tell what's old and what's new. Um, talk about um, what you hope others will get out of your songs. I mean, you, you write it for yourself, but what do you feel? Is there any kind of a message you're hoping others will get from it or just the pure enjoyment of it all? I guess like part of it with what I write songs is like <laughs> I write songs about the moments that I feel crazy. Uh, like the moments that have driven me crazy in the past, whether they're because I was heartbroken, because I was because I was mad, because I was frustrated, because I was hopelessly in love with somebody. They're all about moments in my life where like if anyone could get inside my head, I would. My fear was like they'll think this person is kind of clinically insane. Uh, and so I want people to hear that and like hopefully be like, oh no, I felt that way before too. Thank God it's not just me. Um, maybe maybe everyone does hear them and they're like, oh, that kid is crazy. But I hope that's not the case. There you go. I love it. And I don't remember if I asked you last time or not. Um, what is your songwriting process? Are you more of a lyric guy first before the melody, a melody first, or does it just depend what hits you at the time? Um, well, I always write the words before I actually like figure out the chords and play the guitar. That being said, the words usually come with like an acapella melody. Like I'll, I'll know almost immediately how I want it to work. The way I write most of my songs, honestly, is I think of a title from random situations. Like, honestly, two different titles of my songs that I've written have been something my berries instructor said on the way out of a class. Um, that's, that's one of the gayer things I've ever said. But, um, <laughs> like, they, um, like, things like that are, like, really catchy titles or situations where I'll just think, I'll be like, I love that concept. I want to write the song, and I want this to be the name of the song. Um, you can usually write a chorus if you have a title in mind. You know how you want the chorus to end or start. And that's how they all kind of start. But I always do the words before I play the guitar. But I usually just make the guitar match when I'm humming. It's very non-scientific. I have absolutely zero music theory background. Uh, So it is completely like by ear um, trial and error with the guitar piece after I know what I want it to sound like a cappella. I love that, though. That's very cool. And you are such a a performance guy, too. Like you said, hitting up those small clubs. Uh, COVID's knocked that out of the park. What are you looking forward to getting out there and singing again? Uh, so I'm really looking forward to Nashville right around. Um, like there's a, I did a couple of these in New York, but there's a lot of things in Nashville where different venues will just host, like in the round showcases, which are common for songwriters here, where there's five or six people on stage. Everyone takes turns playing songs that they've written. Uh, it's a really good way for me to hear other people's songs, to like size my own, my own songs up against them and be like, dang, their songs are a lot better than mine, or I really like how they did this, or I really like how they played with these words. Uh, and also just a way for other people to hear my stuff and a way for me to just meet people and find mentors or role models or people to collaborate with. Um, so I'm really excited about that piece here because there's so many opportunities to do that. Um, that being said, I also just really want to gain more live experience. Um, I've gotten really comfortable doing it, but I've still only really been playing just with my acoustic on stage in small venues and hoping that by living here and meeting people and getting more experience, I'll eventually migrate to, you know, hiring a band for some gigs and having my songs sound like they do when they're recorded on these tracks, you know, with multiple instruments playing when I do them live. Um, Because right now it's just me and my acoustic usually. That would be awesome. 
and talk about um, who would you who would you like to write for, and who would you like to sing with? If you were able to collab with whoever you could, who do you, who would you really like to write a song for, and who would you want to sing alongside? Who would I want to write a song for? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think I've ever thought about who I'd want to write them for. Um, I think if I, I guess if I could think of people that I know don't necessarily write all of their music, um, I think that I think she does write a lot of her music, but I don't know if you're familiar with Lauren Elena. She's a, a female country singer. I think that she, her yeah. vocal ability, her vocal ability, she was on American Idol. She was uh, the runner-up to Scotty McQuarrie, McQuarrie several years ago. Her vocal ability is like unparalleled. So I would love to just write a song that I knew I couldn't sing and hand it to her and be like, Lauren, please just like knock this out of the park. Um, because it would give me a chance to, to not have to like showcase my sometimes lack of a falsetto. Um, how, who would I want to write a song with? I, uh, I think I briefly mentioned to you this to you once before, but I would love to write a song with Shane McNally. Um, he has written, he's collaborated with so many people I admire and written so many good songs um, in country music. Uh, I mean, these are obviously like massive goals because he is um, an incredibly successful songwriter in Nashville. Um, and then who would I want to sing with? Um, the answer to that question always will be Shania Twain. Um, I have this like, <laughs> You know, five, this five-year plan of when she does, you know, there's a big trend in country music and other music of like very popular acts doing reboots albums where they'll take all of their biggest hits and get current, sometimes up and coming, sometimes like big current singers in their genre to remix the songs and re-record them and do them. Um, Casey Musgraves did Neon Moon on um, Brooks and Dunn's reboot album recently. I have a plan that when Shania does this for Come On Over or for the Woman and Me songs, I won't, will have the agent I currently don't have, but I will have an agent that pings her team constantly and gets me a spot on that album. I like it. We'll just have to create a hashtag now and just hashtag it once a month for you until it happens. Yeah. Make, Shania, make if you hear it. this, <laughs> I'm saying it in every interview I get. Every interview I get, because if it's in every single interview, eventually someone might ping her and she might notice. <laughs> there you go. You got to put it out there. And talk about, I mean, country music, we're seeing more and more artists out, um, gay artists coming out in country music that are starting to make a name for themselves between uh, Brandon Stansell and Cameron Hawthorne and yourself kind of getting these names put together. Um, is there, are you finding any kind of community between the gay country artists or is everyone just so um, trying to catch a break that it's still pretty fragmented? It's funny that you asked that question. So I guess the answer to that question right now is I'm so new here that I don't know the answer to that question. I've thought about actually reaching out to those artists. Um, we do obviously have a lot of commonalities in where we're writing these songs from. Um, I think Brandon's songs are, tend to be a little bit more emotional than mine are. Um, he, like, and the lyrics are all incredible. Um, his are definitely a little bit more personal, a little bit more LGBT, LGBT specific than some of my music is. Um, so I think we come at them for slightly different angles. So I think a collaboration would, would be potentially really cool there, just given like we write them in different ways, but they're ultimately about the same thing a lot of the time. Um, but to right. answer your original question, I don't know how other uh, LGBT country artists feel about other LGBT country artists. If, if it's one of those things where, Maybe people feel like there's not room for all of us. Maybe people feel like, you know, two of them on the same song would be too much for an industry that's already been unforgiving in the past. Um, 
I, mm. I don't know. I'd like to think that's not the case. Um, right. I don't know because I, you know, I haven't met any of them personally and I haven't been in Nashville long enough to understand even how the, how the inner workings of the Nashville machine work. Gotcha. Yeah. I was wondering that cause I've, I've had most of you on that I know of at least I'm not, the country music is not my forte in the genre, but I've become a fan of it just because I've had Brandon on a couple of times, Cameron a couple of times. There's a new um, one. I just, came across from the UK. Um, gosh, now why am I blanking on his name? I just had him on the other day. Oh, and he's listening right now too. I'm so sorry. I will figure it out before the song's over. But uh, so many up and coming country artists that, that are coming out and being proud and talking about their journey. And I just hope it's not the case. I hope you guys kind of all get together. I don't know why I want to We Are the World or something with all my favorite gay country artists. I don't know what it is. <laughs> let me, let me say this out. If any, of them are, if any of them are listening, I would love to collaborate with all of you. Um, I am just very new and still a little bit timid. And so I don't even know how to go about that process. I will put you all in an email chain, my friend. That's all there is to it. Uh, I'll give me a little producer credit and I'll bring you all together. I love it. <laughs> very funny. Talk about um, what your future plans are um, once things calm down a little bit in Nashville. What, what's your first, first five things on your list of things to do in Nashville? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think my first thing I need to be music related because I'm here for a very specific reason. So the first thing I want to do is I want to book. I want to book a writer's round. Uh, you know, I'll take it anywhere, um, but I'm ready to play a show again. I'm ready to play a show in a new city with really talented people. Uh, number two, I uh, call me like a stickler for nostalgia, but I went to college here. I, you know, have a lot of happy memories of the city. So I really want to honestly go to a classic honky tonk on Broadway and get very intoxicated. Um, oh, my mom isn't listening. Sorry, mom. If you heard that, I, I promise I'll be good, but I do want to go downtown on Broadway <laughs> and just enjoy and just enjoy a beer at Kid Rock's bar or at uh, Blake Sheldon's bar or <laughs> any of those places. Thing number three is um, my best friends and I in college here also used to, um, there was this one karaoke bar on Broadway that we used to go to on Monday or Tuesday nights when no one else was there. And we would sing songs for three hours and we would try so embarrassingly hard and be like the definition of those guys at the karaoke bar. Um, I, really, <laughs> I really want to go be a karaoke try hard. Uh, whether it's Troubadours, unfortunately closed. So the bar we used to go to doesn't exist anymore. But whether it's not there, but Santa's Pub or other dive establishments in Nashville, I really want to do that. Um, and then number three, or, or what am I on four now? Yeah, number four. Um, number four, I just put a deposit on a puppy, and so I should be getting the puppy relatively soon. And I want to actually explore my neighborhood and see pieces of things I would never have seen if I wasn't walking my dog and taking care of another being. Um, <laughs> it's definitely on the list. I, I live in Germantown, which is relatively near the state capital lawn. Um, it's a little bit more residential than some areas of Nashville. And I explored it in college, but honestly, just because of the restaurants that were here, I've never actually walked around the neighborhood in the shops and introduced people to my puppy because I never had one before. Um, and then Number five, I really want my family to come visit me here. Um, so, like, right now, you know, travel is a little bit frowned upon. People aren't really going in between state lines that often, unless you're like me who decides to 
navigate a cross country move in the middle of all of this. Um, <laughs> right. I want to, I want to host people here. I want to show them around my old, I guess, and new city. Cause it still feels like home to me, honestly, even though I just moved in, I, I've lived here for four years and I love the city so much that it's always right. felt even more like home than New York did at times, even though New York was the first city I lived in as an adult. So that is awesome. I love that. What kind of puppy? Um, very original, a French bulldog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's part. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so that... I'm Frenchy. I reserved a spot in the litter. I'm slightly terrified, but I think it'll be good for me. There you go. I love it. All right. Well, Hayden, we're going to have to start to play out here in a second. Let's talk about um, the song "My Name." It's going to be released soon. Tell us a little bit about that song. A little backstory here. Yeah, so keeping in fashion with what I mentioned of like the first record really being kind of like the story of my young life to now. This song is honestly about, I mentioned I grew up in a relatively small town in South Carolina. Um, so everyone already knew everyone in that town regardless. But for me specifically, my real last name, I use my middle name and my stage name, but my real last name is very specific. And my dad is one of six and they all still live in the same hometown that I do. And my parents all went to the same school I went to school with my cousins, and so everyone really does, in my case, in that town, know my last name, and so it's just this running joke of nowhere is safe. Um, everyone knows my dad or my brother or my cousin, and I think most people that grow up in a small town, re- regardless of if their family's that big or not, feel that way, um, and so growing up there, especially, like, knowing that I was gay and then coming out later as gay, like, it was something that people talked about. Whether it was something that ever really affected me, I don't think so, but I knew people talked about it. Um, and so the song is a little bit of just about, I love this place, I love my family, I love growing up here, but I feel trapped, and I really want to make a different life for myself somewhere bigger, somewhere where my name can get lost and doesn't mean everything. But then at the end of the day, like sometimes when you move to those places, you realize the things that you missed about the small town and everyone knowing you and everyone having your back and caring about you. So it's really just kind of a story of growing up, getting out, and like having nostalgia for and knowing you can always go back to where you came from. I love that. That's an amazing story. Hayden Joseph, you know I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in today, my friend. I really did enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Be sure to let my listeners know where they can find this fantastic music for yours and where they can follow you on social. Absolutely. So everybody, you guys can follow me on social media. If you search Hayden Joseph, it should come up, but it's still H. Shelby on social media. And then Hayden Joseph on all streaming platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, Apple Music. I welcome any and all followers and any and all streams. And (laughs) I appreciate the support very much. There you go. Well, stay on the line for me, Hayden. Guys, we're going to play out to my name. I'll be back to wrap things up in just a little bit. You're listening to Leftist Straight Show right here on the Leftist Straight Radio Network. When everyone knows everyone, it's hard to feel at peace. Never know who might be sitting at the table next to me. I'm always someone's cousin, someone's brother, someone's son And everyone knows everything about crazy stuff I've done In this sick around town I'll 
Joseph. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's Musical Monday as much as I did. I love these musical guests I'm able to bring to you. Um, Thank you so much to Hayden Joseph, to Nick Meadows, and of course to Jay Knight for doing his Monday Musical Minute and his featured independent artist. Lots of fun, guys. We'll be here all week long, Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern time, bringing some great brand new interviews all week long. As I said, the Big Gay Road Trip is really up in the air right now. The plan is to leave this Sunday the 5th after the holiday, drive cross-country for a week, get to Palm Springs, do our first live show on July 13th and every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the next four weeks. So whether that happens or not depends a lot on COVID. I let everyone know for sure on Thursday. That's when I will make my final decision for sure. But uh, fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything. I really want to help make this trip happen, meet my guests out there, and just bring you some great live experiences from Palm Springs as well. We always have some fun, and the listeners seem to like it a lot. 
So tomorrow night, I have a very exciting show to wrap up the last day of Pride Month. I have as my first live guest, first on at 6.15 for a live guest, Rosemary Ketchum. She was recently elected as the very first trans woman in city council in Wheeling, West Virginia. And Wheeling's not too far from here at all. It's about an hour, hour and 20-minute drive. And Rosemary is going to be on my show for the very first time tomorrow night talking about her historic win there in West Virginia as the first uh, out trans woman city council member. I'm so excited for her. So she'll be on live, and we're going to start the show off with our last Tuesday of every month. We do a entertainment minute, and on the last Tuesday is our very good friend, the fantastic Adam Rothenberg from the Call Me Adam uh, website, blog, and podcast of the same name. Adam will be on to give us a little East Coast entertainment watch for the first couple of minutes then tomorrow night. Then we will have Rosemary on, and then we're going to close the show with uh, Dr. Eric Servini. If you don't know who Eric is, he is an LGBTQ historian, went to school at Harvard, got his doctorate in Cambridge, and has written the definitive book on LGBTQ history. And I'm so excited to be able to bring an interview with him tomorrow. We're going to tape it ahead of time, but we will have him out tomorrow night to talk about that and wrap up our Pride Month coverage right here on the Left to Straight show. So that's it for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. A big thank you to my guests once again. We will see you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Share this with your friends. Follow on social media for the uh, myself. It's at Left of Straight on Twitter and Instagram. That's L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number 8. My interns are on Left of Straight Radio. And then on Facebook, it's the Left of Straight Show. And my personal Facebook, Scott Fullerton, sent me over a friend request. I got a public profile on there. So keep tuned. We'll find out what's going on with the Big Gay Road Trip. And you guys have a fantastic evening and a great week ahead. It's going to be a little warm here in Northeast Ohio. So uh, put on the sunscreen and keep cool. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.